we have hundreds of examples of small brands that have started from nothing on Amazon or were stuck at a plateau of, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars in sales that go through and smash it. Now they're doing, you know, 200, 250,000, 300,000 or more per month. And these are one or two person operations. Welcome to the Syntax Show. And the thing that I've realized from the CEO to the NFL football player to the janitor, we're our toughest critics and we're hardest on ourselves. But you have to be willing to say and point out the things that need to be said. The only way to grab somebody's attention is with a story. Welcome to The Syntax Show with John Toda. My guest today is Mike Begg. After a few stints in corporate positions at Deloitte and Sears, Mike co-founded AMZ Advisors in 2015 and serves as the company's chief marketing officer today. AMZ Advisors helps people grow their online businesses through Amazon and other platforms. Mike and his co-founders also operate their business from Mexico today, so there's a ton to learn from Mike about scaling an online business and operating outside the U.S. in our increasingly virtual world. So, Mike Begg, welcome to the show. John, thank you for having me here. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, and hopefully I can provide some good insight for your audience. Yeah, so I am, I'm very interested in a number of different topics that you talk about, but let's start with kind of that transition from those very corporate roles you started in to launching your business with your co-founders and, and building that up, because that's always interesting to our audience. What was the genesis of that decision? What made you make the move and, and how's that been? You know, myself, I don't think I ever pictured myself as an entrepreneur when I was younger. It was not something I had a ton of interest in. It was, you know, I wasn't out there shoveling all the, the driveways. I'm originally from Connecticut. When it snowed, uh, you know, I went to school, got a double degree, graduated and thought I had to work for a good company. Uh, originally out of school, I started working for Deloitte Consulting. I worked there for about a year and a half and hated my life. And then I left, went to uh, Sears Real Estate. And with Sears, I was working on the Seritage spinoff, you know, $2 billion REIT that we created, then worked in uh, real estate development for about a year and a half uh, before I realized that you know, I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. I mean, I enjoyed the job, but I didn't feel that my time was valued as much as it should be. I felt that uh, I was building something for other people where I could have been doing things for myself, which kind of led me into e-commerce to get started and make some money on the side. Myself and my two partners right now originally started selling products online, private labeling products coming from Asia and then selling them on the Amazon platform. And then as we were competing with a lot of well-known brand names, we realized that a lot of those companies could use help on the marketing side, which was how we came up with the idea of founding AMZ Advisors. Yeah, and so this is interesting too because you made a, a that transition from really traditional corporate roles into e-commerce, which obviously it's like a totally different world. And I've spoken to a couple of people who've made that transition, and it seems like almost always you have to have some levels of success in e-commerce and on a platform like Amazon yourself, so you can kind of crack the code before you can start helping other people. How what was that experience like? Did you guys figure it out immediately, or did it take some time? to figure out how you could actually market successfully on Amazon? For us, it actually came uh, pretty quickly. We got into it. You know, We had our products going there. We were testing all sorts of new things. We were learning from a lot of the other resources that were out there. The first day that we launched was, I think, uh, December 19, 2014. And that first day, we sold like 30 units, and we were hooked. We were like, whoa, we just did, you know, I think it was $700 in revenue in one day. 
uh, let's see what we can do with this. We kept scaling it, got to the point where we were doing about $50,000 a month within the first two months of selling on the platform. And we realized that we had a good process here to create our content, uh, to help with the SEO, to you know implement advertising strategies that would maximize our product's visibility. And all of that just led to better and better sales for our products. And as we launched other SKUs, other brands, uh, we kept having that same success with our system. And from there, we just realized that we could you know roll this out on a broader scale to other companies that that was looking for help with Amazon specifically. So now, do you still sell products on Amazon yourselves? Are you, have you kind of made this full transition where your business today is much bigger in helping other businesses do this and you've kind of exited selling yourselves or are you doing both? We're doing both. Uh, you know, our agency does take the majority of our time and you know, we do love helping other companies. But we do still have a few uh, small brands that we've been slowly building on the Amazon platform. Uh, we actually use it as a training tool for a lot of our employees, which is kind of nice. They can get in there and start you know, understanding the, the Amazon platform, testing things for themselves and seeing what works. So yeah, we have uh, three brands right now on the Amazon platform that, that we're still growing and you know, we plan to keep selling on Amazon in the future. And so now for anybody out there who's listening, they're trying to figure out how they could get a business off the ground. And obviously, Amazon seems like this amazing opportunity for someone to develop a product in one form or another or license products and and then resell them through Amazon. Is it something that you're seeing even at this stage as it's gotten so big? Can anyone get in there or is it too big of a game now that you almost have to be a larger brand or a bigger business? to succeed or are you able to help even small like solopreneurs do this? Sure. I, there's definitely still plenty of opportunities within the Amazon platform. We help small business owners get started on Amazon and start scaling their sales all the time. It's pretty common. It's definitely not as easy as it was seven years ago when we were uh, first getting started selling. There's a lot more competition in the platform. There's a lot more complexity to selling online. So you need to be you know, much more flexible to test new advertising strategies, find new ways to drive traffic to your listings uh, and just stay ahead of your competition. But we have hundreds of examples of small brands that have started from nothing on Amazon or were stuck at a plateau of you know, $10,000, $20,000 in sales that go through and smash it. Now they're doing you know, 200, 250,000, 300,000 or more per month and these are one or two person operations. So while the more money you have to get into the platform and invest in that advertising quicker, the easier it will be to get started. It doesn't mean that if you are starting small, kind of building it on your own, trying to figure it all out, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have an opportunity to grow there and make a lot of money. There's, there's still plenty of opportunity for everyone that wants to sell on the Amazon platform. And so for somebody who's thinking about doing this, and I'm just as a consumer, I, I, I think I purchase almost everything I buy now on Amazon. I, I find it through a website, and then the first thing I do is go to Amazon to see if I can get it there because I have Prime, and it just makes my life easier, and it's got all my information there. So for all the people out here doing it and trying, like you said, it, it's not the same game as it was you know, seven or eight years ago, certainly. And so now if somebody's getting into it, is there some strategy that you help people with in how they categorize their their products, how they name them? Is there a trick to the the system? Is that is that part of it today because it's become so big? Sure. So there are best practices that you want to make sure you're implementing and that all starts with the foundational aspects of creating your product listing on the platform. 
Uh, when it comes to the brand name, you know, that doesn't make as much of a difference. Uh, when you're selecting products, you want to make sure you're doing a thorough job of researching different product categories to see how competitive they are, uh, what the price points are, how many reviews your competitors have, because all of that's going to have an impact on how difficult it's going to be to break into that category. But uh, like I said, it all starts with the fundamentals. So if you have good SEO copy on your listings, if you have good product photos that are highlighting the, the benefits of the product right within the images so that sellers that are looking on their mobile app or just browsing quickly can see exactly what, why this product is good for them, uh, that's hugely important. And then from there, it's about building social proof in the form of reviews and seller feedback and then scaling the advertising. So there are a lot of dis different aspects that go into selling on Amazon. And you know, us as a business, we primarily focus on brands that are already doing at least a million dollars a year. But we do ha help other brands or other sellers looking to get started by you know, creating the content for them or doing content projects if they need it, or you know, helping them get set up in uh, some of the educational materials that we have, like AMZ courses, where it's essentially a knowledge accelerator where you can learn everything you need to learn about selling on the Amazon platform, the exact processes for it, how to advertise, all those fundamentals that are so important to being successful. And, and I, I would imagine that, I know we were specifically talking about Amazon, and obviously that's the largest platform of, of its kind, but there's other ones. Obviously, Walmart is pushing theirs really heavily. There's, there's, I will likely be more, uh, more challengers to the space. And, and then there's just people selling online through their website and, and in other different ways through, you, you know, different social media apps and, and things of that nature. Are you helping people even outside of Amazon if they're leveraging, you know, Facebook or Instagram to market their products right to their website? Is that the same type of strategy or are you really focused more on these large marketplaces? It depends on where each business is within its life cycle, I guess I'll say. Um, you know, if you're new to the e-commerce space, there's no place better to be than on the platforms where people are already going to search for your product. You know, if you don't have people going to your website immediately or you don't have massive brand recognition across the entire US, it's great to start on Amazon because 69% uh, of all online searches for products start on the Amazon platform. So makes a ton of sense to be there. The same goes true with Walmart. That's another huge source of traffic. So if you can get your products positioned there, well, it's a good way to build that brand awareness. What we do with companies that are looking to build their own sales through their website is primarily assist them by leveraging Amazon, by leveraging Walmart as brand awareness tools. So if we think of it within the sales funnel concept, you know, we have the top of the funnel, which is more of the brand awareness. That's where a lot of times we will work with them on maximizing their brand awareness and their brand visibility on those platforms and helping them to try to capture the people that are purchasing on those platforms and then bring them to their website. So that's one way that we really focus in on helping our clients and building more of a, I guess I would say, holistic e-commerce strategy and approach to how they're going to be selling online. Yeah. And I guess that's part of it too. It's more kind of the whole, well, like you said, the holistic philosophy, You're kind of looking at the the whole life cycle and how do you get exposure across the board? And obviously I think right for someone just getting into it, Amazon is a, is a really easy place to start. You mentioned social proof before, and, and I wanted to get your perspective on this because I don't buy anything without reading the reviews. And they, they seem so valuable today when you're looking at e-commerce. What's your feelings about the reviews? How do you help people get more reviews? Are there some strategies around that? And do you feel like 
getting influencers or other people generating social proof for you, does that, does that really make a difference? Yeah, I think you just made a very good point there. Um, you know, social proof is extremely important for everything online. Now that we're not buying things in stores, we, uh, you know, a physical store where we have this digital shelf space, we have a lot more competition and a lot more options. And it's a lot harder for us to make decisions on what the best product is. So we rely so much more on other people's experience to guide our own decisions. And this is, you know, this is what e-commerce is. So when it comes to starting on a platform like Amazon, you know, the strategies you want to use to start building up those reviews over time is to create you know, email systems that after someone purchases from you, they get an email through the Amazon platform asking for a review or feedback on the product. Product insert cards is another way that you can kind of, uh, I wouldn't say incentivize because that's against Amazon's terms of service, but try to encourage a customer to leave a, a review for your product. And then within the Amazon platform, there's a few other tools called uh, the Early Reviewer Program and Amazon Vine. And I think those those two programs alone speak a lot to how valuable the social proof is on the Amazon platform that Amazon created specific programs to help sellers get more social proof. Now, when we're looking beyond Amazon or beyond Walmart or wherever you're trying to build your reviews up, uh, you brought up influencers. And influencer marketing can be a great way to draw a lot of attention to your brand it can be a good alternative to driving sales initially if you don't have those you know, physical reviews on the Amazon platform. So if you're getting influencers or even micro influencers that are trusted by their audience to make reviews of your products to their audiences, that's a good way to start driving some sales there. And then it's kind of a self-fulfilling cycle. The more sales you get, the more likely you're going to get product reviews. The more reviews you get, the better your listings are going to convert on the Amazon platform or on the Walmart platform and so on and so forth. And then it eventually just all spirals or it's like a, you know, a big snowball rolling downhill. It's just going to keep gaining momentum. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. And, and it's just, honestly, today it's, it's like, this is the way you build your business, right? It's if you didn't have an online presence, if you don't have your products up on a platform like Amazon and, and now maybe Walmart too, it's so hard to compete. So yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting. So let's switch gears a little bit because the other aspect of your business that's intriguing and I think our our audience will love to hear more about it is you're based in Mexico now. And so you're from the the northeast area and you've relocated down to Mexico to run the business down there. What's that transition been like? When did you make that move from uh were you were you guys operating in the northeast originally and then moved down there? Yeah. So originally we had uh, a small team. So myself, and my two, two uh, partners were all from Connecticut. We were all living in the Stanford area. So very close to New York city when we were uh, starting the business, we originally started hiring people remotely. So we had a few people in the U S that were remote in other parts of the country. Some of them still work with us. And then we had, uh, you know, virtual assistants that were in the Philippines or in, in India or some other market where, they were doing a lot of the lower value tasks like graphic design, um, you know, data entry, things like that. As we started to grow, we realized that we had a big issue with c controlling product quality by having all these people that were essentially freelancers. So the quality of one virtual assistant doing graphic design versus another was not the same. And obviously having a deliverable that's not the same quality across clients can create a lot of issues. So for us, we focused on ways that we could actually scale something. We were, myself and my two partners were both very familiar with Mexico. We spent a lot of time in uh, Playa del Carmen. Uh, at that time, I had met my girlfriend who lives here in Guadalajara, which is where I'm based now. 
And we just saw an opportunity to just open up an office and start building a team here. So uh, I actually found another American down here. We learned more about the process. We opened up our own business down here that essentially employs our employees. And now we have about uh, 18 employees in Mexico. The majority of them are in Guadalajara, but they are, some are spread out in Mexico City, uh, Monterrey, San Luis, and uh, Cancun. So yeah, we've, we've had a great time growing in Mexico. It's really helped our business. And so what's, what's the lifestyle like for you? You know, as an entrepreneur, obviously everybody loves the flexibility. They want this idea of being able to, to live wherever they want and, and work wherever they want. What have been some of the lessons you've learned making that transition? And, and really, I, you know, people operate remotely from all parts of the world, but you guys have really built the business outside of the U.S., and you're building up your employee workforce outside of the U.S. How has that been? Have you have you found that a, a, a really good experience or have there been some challenges doing it outside of the U.S.? There's definitely some challenges, but overall, when it comes to our employees and our work quality uh, and the people we're working with, we couldn't be happier. We've got some incredibly talented people. Some of them even have MBAs. And I mean, cost-wise as a business owner, it's not comparable to what we would be paying in the U.S. There's no way we could have scaled to the number of employees we have now if we were building within the U.S. But some of the challenges we've run into are uh, primarily cross-border payments. It, it is difficult to send money outside of the country and get it delivered there on time uh, without any issue. I mean, we got kicked off a few, a few platforms for sending as much money as we were to Mexico until we finally found a solution that worked uh, with an entity down here in using credit cards, essentially. So that was probably the primary challenge, but when it comes to language barriers or anything like anything like that, I, I mean, it, there's really no issue. Many of our employees were either born in the U.S. or spent time living in the U.S. So when we think of a cultural fit work-wise or uh, people being accustomed to a certain work style, it's very similar to what we have in the U.S. So there's been very been very easy for everyone to adapt to the way they're working with us. Yeah, I know, and I've heard that from some other people too. I think Mexico is probably one of the easier transitions to make moving your business from the U.S. To, to Mexico for obvious reasons. So for you, long-term vision for you guys, and obviously e-commerce is not slowing down. With everything we've gone through in the past year, people are buying more and more online. Businesses need to have probably more help from companies like you than they ever have in the past. How are you going to scale this business? Do you guys plan to remain in Mexico? Are you going to is it beneficial for you to start opening offices in other regional markets around the world where you can kind of have that center of influence in a local market to some extent, or does that not matter? Are you going to stay in Mexico for the long term? We've actually already started to expand into some other uh, regional areas. So we do have a whole branch that is focused on Asia Pacific now. Uh, right now, our partner that's going to be running that is stuck in the U.S. because he can't get back into Asia but he will be in Thailand, which is where we plan to open up an office in Bangkok. And that will serve primarily, like I said, the, the Asia Pacific region. But here in Mexico, we, yeah, we plan to be here for the long term. You know, the benefits we've seen within our own company have pretty much convinced us that whatever business we're doing in the future, whether it's you know, still in the e-commerce consulting space, building our own brands, or even some other service or technology or whatever it may be, building a team here in Mexico is a great way for us to scale quickly and pretty much maximize the dollars that we're putting back into our business. So I think we'll be here for the long term. Very cool. And and I, I always like to kind of finish on some of the personal aspects of, of the entrepreneurs that we talk to. So uh, obviously you've got your, your girlfriend down there 
And I don't know if you, you're thinking about where you raise your family. You're from Connecticut originally. Do you think about that looking forward and saying, this is where I'm going to put down my roots. I'm going to raise my family. Like one thing running your business in another part of the world. Do you plan to stay there and and build your family and, your, and put your roots down in Mexico? Or in the back of your mind, do you think that, that you'd come back to the U.S. some point and, and kind of raise your kids away, uh, or, or maybe you're not interested in kids. <laughs> maybe you're not thinking about that. This is a conversation that's coming up more and more frequently <laughs> with my girlfriend in particular. So, you know, uh, she doesn't have as much of it. She's from Mexico. She doesn't have as much desire to go to the U S you know, so we will more than likely end up in Mexico. Uh, you know, I am Portuguese, so we could end up in Portugal. We haven't really you know, decided on anything. But, you know, we will always be tied to Mexico because of our families here. So that's in some way we will be here in Mexico. I don't know whether it'll be here in Guadalajara or, you know, I would like to be at the beach in Puerto Vallarta maybe. But, um, yeah, I think I'll probably end up here in Mexico. Well, that's a good answer, especially if your girlfriend happens to listen to this episode. We don't want to get you in trouble. Exactly. Uh, I got to cover all bases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now my audience loves to learn. Uh, there are a lot of educators as our listeners. And I know you mentioned it before and you told me before we got on the air about AMZ courses. I think this is one of one of your opportunities to kind of get your training and consulting out to a a larger base of customers who might not be able to afford the services you guys do at the high end of the market. Tell us quickly a little bit about AMZ courses and where one of our listeners can find out more about that because that might be a great way to engage with you guys. Of course. So uh, AMZ courses is essentially a accelerator for selling on the Amazon platform. So a lot of the knowledge and mistakes that we've made over you know seven years of selling our own products and selling our clients' products on the Amazon platform, we've kind of rolled into this program, teaching you the fundamentals of everything from how to get started sourcing products, how to start selling online, you know, how to optimize for the Amazon platform and manage your advertising. So we cover everything that you'll need to know to get started. If you want to check that out, uh, obviously, amzcourses.com is where you can learn more about it. If you'd like to learn a little bit more by having a phone call, you can reach out to us at our main web website which is amzadvisors.com, or you can email me directly. My email is mike at amzadvisors.com. Very cool. Very cool. So definitely for all of our listeners, check out AMZ online, check out AMZ courses. You said it was amzcourses.com? Yes, that's the website. amzcourses.com if you want to get into it or just learn a little bit more about how you can sell and get introduced to it uh, and the whole Amazon marketplace. And then maybe... Uh, Maybe you can contact AMZ Advisors and, and learn a little bit more. Obviously, check out amzadvisors.com. And Mike, if they want to follow you, I know you put content out online. Is LinkedIn the best place for people to, to connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn uh, and YouTube is where I put out a lot of content. So either one of those platforms is good. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, but I am not as active there. So <laughs> I would stick cool. to the first two. What's, uh, what's your YouTube channel for people to check out? Uh, it's AMZ Advisors. That's the name of our channel. So you can just search for it there and find everything. Very cool. Yeah, and we'll put, we'll put whatever links we can in the show notes so you guys can easily find Mike and his team. And Mike, thank you, man. It was awesome. I, I love to hear about the way you're helping people build their online businesses. Very cool to hear about how you're operating in Mexico, building up a, a real base there. Uh, so thank you for coming on the show. John, thank you for having me here. It was great you know, just sharing some of my experience and my knowledge. Uh, so hopefully I, your audience can find it helpful or apply some of it in their own lives. Yeah, definitely. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being here each week. As you know, we release a new episode every week. So wherever you're listening, be sure to subscribe and leave us comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. And until our next episode, 
Happy learning. Hey, listeners, we really value our audience, and we are so thankful you're here listening to The Syntax Show. So please, wherever you are, leave us comments, like us, and rate us. That helps new people find the show wherever they are. Thanks for tuning in to The Syntax Show with John Toda.